like radio, less like crap. Only alcohol can make life bearable. You must drink, always drink. I blame this all on Kevin, DMU. Has anyone ever known a good person named Kevin? We, we hung out with, with Kevin from Alcohol by Volume. And he only says like three words. He, he's like really shy. He really talked to me. Towards the end of the night when he was drinking more, man, he, he was he was right there with us talking a mile a minute. Alcohol by Volume? Oh, I'm actually kind of drunk. Alcohol by Volume, awesome show. You really want to get drunk? <laughs> Listen to that show because by hour two, he's blitzed. I'm bad. Oh, it's awesome. Because it's a beer show. Kevin's some stupid kid. Weird name. Polish last name. Yeah. Where's your dedication there, Kevin? Your own show or someone else's? Alcohol my volume. I shove alcohol in my butthole. That's not it? It's nothing to do with butthole. I mean, can you even get drunk anymore? It's kind of like a drinking a vitamin. So you're blaming the drunkard. Yes, I'm blaming the MLR drunkard, Kevin. Hello, bartender. I have thought it over, and far from being a fat pig, you are very nice. And I would like another drink. Take a barf, drunkie! Welcome to Alcohol by Volume. It is going to be another noisy fucking night at my house because there are children all over the place and hopefully they will not be pounding on my door this time. Ah, welcome to the show. Episode number 92, the show that gives you an excuse to drink on a Tuesday night without uh, feeling like a complete and utter piece of shit. Uh, If you want to Skype in, the Skype name, Alcohol by Volume, all one word, and the phone number 862... Three four five seven one two five. If you're listening live, you can pop into the chat, morelikeradio.com slash live. And if you're listening via podcast, you should know this by now. I'm live every Tuesday night from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern time because that is the only time zone that really matters in the country. I know there are others around the world, and I guess those are somewhat important to some respect. But anyway... Ah, I picked up a couple more winter beers this past weekend. I'm actually kind of on a winter beer kick now. Uh, I, I guess I finally found my taste for it. Uh, I got, uh, I've seen conflicting names on the actual name of this one. On the bottle, it says X8. It's a spiced winter warmer from Dewclaw. I saw another site refer to it as Exile, so I don't know. But anyway, it's a spiced winter warmer from Dewclaw. It has a nice level of spice, very drinkable winter warmer. And then I also picked up Star Hill Snowblind, a delicious Doppelbach, um, another winter beer. You know, Doppelbach is not necessarily a winter beer, but this is their winter release. And yeah, Roy Black on Crack has a good point there. The uh, actual, what, what, what is that? Um, what the hell? See, I don't even know what CET stands for. Something, something time. Let's search Google for that. Uh, Central European time. There we go. Okay, that that's his time zone. Zero dot zero zero. Yeah, you know, Europe, eh, Europe probably should be the basis of everything. You know, pretty much was from the beginning of history anyway. Um, well, actually, no, I know that's not the cradle of civilization, but they're all dirty down there, so what the fuck. Uh, so I shot a couple more upcoming reviews for the YouTube channel, two of which I've been eager to drink, so you'll have to wait and see when those pop up online. Uh, one of them will probably be a uh, midweek release next week, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, 
<laughs> Central Europe is the best Europe, says Roy Black on Crack. I will completely agree with that because the the edges of Europe are kind of kind of shitty, kind of the dregs of stuff. You know, all the you know Scandinavian areas and all that stuff. That that's all the good shit. Scandinavia, Germany, uh, eh, Italy. Italy's good. Italy's got good wine. As you start creeping out towards the edges, you know, Spain and Portugal and everything, it, it gets a little weird. Uh, n- I have more thematic drinking during the show because, like I said, it was getting into the winter beers. And last week I started with three of my six beers of Christmas, and technically it's kind of going to be seven. But I'll have my final three beers of Christmas tonight, and plus a cider because it is actually a festive festive cider. I will probably be getting to that tonight. For some reason I don't, I'll let you know what it is. And, I don't know, maybe I'll talk about it on uh, next week's show, the the year-end show. The year-end show. And since next week's show is a year-end show, I will be going over my personal beers of the year. And I've also pinned a post in the Facebook group so all of you can share yours as well. It doesn't have to be a beer that came out this year. It could just be a beer that you had discovered something that really jumped out at you, something that really spoke to you, something that you had and remembered it throughout the rest of the year. Now me, I I don't remember half of what I drink, which is why I'm glad I log everything on Untapped so I can just kind of go through my history and be like, oh yeah, I remember that one. That one was fucking awesome. Especially during beer festivals. That app is a lifesaver with that. Mm. So right now, first beer I got going tonight, the Anchor Merry Christmas, Happy New Year 2014. It's actually their um, Our Special Ale. So let me read the, uh, the label on the neck here. This is the 40th, yes, 40th, annual Our Special Ale from the brewers at Anchor. It sold only from early November to mid-January. The ale's recipe is different every year, as is the tree on the, uh, on the label. But the intent with which we offer it Remains the same. Joy and celebration of the newness of life since ancient times. Trees have symbolized the winter solstice when the earth with its seasons appears born anew. If I sounded kind of uh, stilted when I was reading that, it's because it, there's a big 40 in the middle of the label and I had to keep turning the bottle back and forth, back and forth to be able to actually read the damn thing. But really quite good. Uh, I tree that they have on there. It's a Sequoia Dendrum Giganteum. So if that means anything to you, I, I, I see what looks like pine cones and stuff. So, but really quite good. Uh, nice, nice, decently low ABV on it. It's 5.5. So it won't be getting tanked immediately. But nice spices in it. Very, very nice winter beer going there. And, and it's got the Christmas theme to it. So keeping with the theme there. So let me move into the press clippings from uh, this week. And there's actually a couple things that I didn't get to last week that I wanted to pull up this week too. But this is from Paste Magazine. Fastest growing beer brands in 2014. Now, you might think, okay, there, there may be craft on there. You don't know. Uh, but the, uh, the actual fastest growing beer brand in America is uh, from Mexico. So let me read through this article. Apparently, people are still drinking Bud Ice because it's one of the fastest growing beer brands in the country. To be honest, I didn't know Bud Ice was still oof, even a thing. Uh, according to a report by 24-7 Wall Street, while most macro brew brands have seen a downward trend in barrels shipped, as we've talked about in weeks past, 
A couple of big brands are on the rise. Bud Ice, Michelob Ultra. I'm not surprised about Michelob Ultra because, you know, calories. And Stella Artois are shipping at least 20% more barrels now than they were in 2008. PBR shipped 70% more last year than in 2008. Well, yeah, that was... That was six years ago, and there are a lot more hipsters now. That, that's, that's an obvious increase right there. Uh, the award for fastest growing macro beer brand, however, goes to Dos Equis, which shipped 116% more barrels in 2013 than they did in 2008. Modelo Especial came in second. And then they talk about how, with craft beer, the entire market rose 80% in barrels shipped between 2008 and 2013. And it kind of goes into um, some of the rise of that, you know, fast growth with craft beer. But combined, all the craft beer shipments in the country make up less than half of the shipments of Bud Light. So kind of gives you a bit of an idea there. It's it's beaten out, but all all of craft beer is beaten out Budweiser, but it's not even half of Bud Light, unfortunately. So no accounting for taste just yet, but. At least with Dos Equis, you have the most interesting man in the world. Uh, speaking of someone who's not quite as interesting, this is from the New York Daily News. Uh, Obama is honored for brewing the first White House beer. I got this, uh, what I said, New York Daily News. Uh, the American Home Brewers Association is raising a glass to Obama, recognizing him, recognizing him as the first president to turn 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue into a microbrewery by crafting White House Honey Ale and Honey Porter. Now, initially I thought, okay, why two honey beers? But it it makes sense when we get into the article here. Uh, President Obama is getting a lifetime membership to the American Home Brewers Association, blah, blah, blah. Uh, In search of a new hobby in 2011, Obama purchased a home brewing kit, enlisted his personal chef, Sam Cass, to create workable recipes they could try. Uh, Cass collaborated collaborated with local homebrewers, came up with two formulas that used honey taken from the beehive on the south lawn. So I got to commend the use of quote local ingredients in that respect. That that was that that is kind of a nice touch. Um, but apparently Obama still drinks Bud Light, which is a very very curious curious thing. Uh, if you look, um, you could, if you really wanted to, you could you could find the recipe that they did for this beer online. I, they got it on New York Daily News. Write down not just the ingredients, but the whole directions of the process of making it, both the the honey porter and the honey ale. Um, and it it looks like they did it the right way. I mean, they, all individual ingredients. They went with hot pellets and everything. They they were not they were not fucking around with this. They actually. You know, made a beer. Um, let's see. Oh, okay. But uh, Chief Redskin in the comments is saying George Washington was the first president to craft his own beer in the White House. But okay, eh, I suppose that's fair. Okay, he's the first black president to craft his own beer in the White House. How about that? Jeez. Ah. Uh, um. Oh, right block on crack just. Uh, from Untapped, the White House, U.S. President. Come on, open up Untapped. Want to see what uh, what Roy is linking me here? I'm assuming. Aha! Wow. Um, how the hell? Oh, I'm guessing. I got. I'm guessing people have actually made it, because uh, there have been um 808 total check-ins for 
the White House U.S. president. Huh. That's actually kind of it. Listed, listed as a brewery. So Nathan is drinking a honey ale. Justin S. is drinking a honey ale. Michael G. is drinking a honey porter. Adam G. is drinking a honey porter. That Okay, that's actually kind of cool. Hmm. Very, very interesting. Um, hmm. Makes me wonder now if uh, Obama has an untapped account. I think he should. That would actually be kind of interesting to toast Obama and see. Well, it, it, But if he's drinking a bunch of fucking Bud Light, I wouldn't be happy about that. Be very disappointed in that. Just another in a line of bad decisions he's made. Ah, what do I got next? Harpoon. Harpoon Brewing. I've been having a lot of stuff from them lately. And this is a collaboration that they're doing that I'm very interested in and I hope I would see it in my area. Uh, this is from the Boston Globe. And it has to do with the collaboration merging wine and beer. Now, I know Dogfish Head, they've, they've done some of their kind of beer and wine combos. Uh, usually, it's not, it's not straight up wine that's mixing, but they're using like Syrah must and stuff like that. Well, the Boston Globe explains how this collaboration came around pretty well. Uh, the staff of Harpoon ended up at the Tuscan town of Birificio, uh, Lomaya in Montepulciano. I think I got that right. Everyone thought that was cool's place, said Charlie Cummings, one of Harpoon's brewers, so they decided to do something evocative of the spot. Enter Lomaya's brewer, Moreno Ecolani, a lover of rock music. He was wearing a Led Zeppelin shirt when we met recently in Boston, and an unabashed enthusiast of hoppy beers. Uh, Ercolani founded Lomaya in 2004 in a Tuscan farmhouse he describes as looking like the one in the postcard. The Italian brewer agreed to collaborate with Harpoon's Cummings, but he wanted the brew to be made with red wine. The duo collaborated over email, brewing three test batches before deciding on the final recipe. They named their creation Tuscan Pool Party. The Harpoon crew spent many nights sitting by a pool, reflecting on their surroundings. So, the mix of it here, they said the first couple of pilot batches they did they used a higher percentage of wine, and people loved the aroma, but they said it was too wine-like, and it, it, it like overwhelmed the beer element of it. So they used Amarillo hops, a pale malt base, and they settled on a ratio of 12% wine by volume, and the wine is a 75-25 mix of Sangiovese and Merlot grapes, the same ratio typically used in a typical Tuscan Chianti. And then the beer is aged on French oak spirals. And kind of like what I mentioned before, with the, the, the balance, you don't want to overwhelm. Uh, Ercolani says the most difficult thing is the balance of beer and wine. You can smell wine, you, you smell wine, you can smell the wood. Um, let's see if they... Uh, they didn't want it to be too sweet. The beer smells strongly of grape juice and oak. You can taste the flavors, but they're lightened by the slight fruity bitterness of the Amarillo hops can understand why they use the Amarillo then. As the brewers and I sip, tannins stick to our cheeks. Uh, in Italy, 90% of people... Blah, 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 yeah, okay, yeah, talking about wine in Italy. So this this is... Uh, it's going to be part of their 100 Barrel series. Looks like it's uh, session number 52. And I don't know... It doesn't look like they mention when this will be releasing. But... Mm, let's see, 7.6 ABV. 
23 IBU, so it's not very bitter at all. Um, I'll have to I'll have to look and see if I can find out when this one is supposed to be releasing. I do occasionally see Harpoon 100 Barrel Series bottles here, and this is one that I would really like to try because I I'd, I'd like to see how they really got the balance going with it. I've like I said I've had some of the Dogfish Head ones, and I think when you get the flavor balance right, it's fantastic. Um, and it's kind of the closest thing you're going to find most of the time to a grape beer, like, you know, a fruit beer with grape. Uh, hmm. What else I got next here? Let, all, all sorts of little little bits here and there this week. Just pulling up stuff from Reddit, pulling up stuff from Google News Alerts, things like that. This I found kind of interesting. Given Pennsylvania strict liquor laws, there's a new ruling by the Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board that kind of seems to, I don't know, it seems out of character for them. This is from Lehigh Valley Live. Pennsylvania home delivery of beer to follow ruling. Uh, PLCB lawyer Rob Diaz said Friday the advisory opinion outlined that businesses that have retail licenses can legally transport or legally bring beer to the front door as long as they obtain what's known as a transporter for hire license. No, does, that does not mean you get to hire Jason Statham. I need a cricket sound effect, don't I? The customer can't pay when the beer is delivered because sales have to occur at the retail establishment. Now, they could probably get by with that where you pay online um, and it basically rings throughout the establishment, you know, something like that. There is a 192-ounce limit, which equates to a 12-pack of 16-ounce beers, which, that's, why, why would you have a, why would you have a 12-pack of 16-ounce beers? That's kind of odd, but uh, whatever. Uh, wine and liquor aren't allowed for delivery. The Pennsylvania Licensed Beverage and Tavern Association is calling it a win for consumers. Now, let's see what people say it in the comments. Of course, you know, people are saying, why not just sell it in supermarkets and convenience stores like they do in 48 of the other 49 states? Um, I guess they're talking about how Utah is just fucked up. Um, let's see. Talking about in Mount Bethel, they don't have a state store there. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have to pay for my 12-pack at the store. Then it can be delivered to my door. Why the hell wouldn't you just put it in your car and go home? And one of the one of the repliers in these comments obviously makes sense. Take a moment to think. This is for restaurants that provide delivery service. The 192-ounce limit should be the clue. The transaction is completed either online or by phone. There you go. Um, and kind of like I said, somebody's saying, would entering the transaction at a POS terminal using payment information over the phone or internet qualify stated no payment at the door which this would satisfy i think that that would have to work that would have to work otherwise it's i don't know it's kind of ridiculous um but there are like i i've mentioned before there are bars and restaurants and establishments and stuff where you can buy a six-pack. It's really the only places in Pennsylvania that you can just buy a straight up six-pack without having to go to a state store and get a case. So the fact that they could deliver this, I mean, I suppose, you know, deliver deliver a pizza and, you know, deliver a bunch of beer with it too. That would be pretty nice. I, I'm still amazed that they've a lot that 
this ruling actually went through, given how stringent they are with everything. But Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania is weird when it comes to <laughs> ugh, when it comes to their beers. Also, uh, breaking news on Facebook. I would uh, I would like to uh, give a hearty congratulations to our own uh, JJ Stoner, who is actually engaged. He got engaged. Amazing. He actually he actually did it. Holy shit. Holy shit. So yeah, there's that. Listen to him on three sixty and four twenty. I don't know when their show is on these days because I don't know. They it, 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 it's at midnight some couple nights of the week. Look it up on morelikeradio.com. Do it. Uh, where the fuck is that link? Oh, that's not the link I wanted. No wonder. Oh, and uh, looking through my bookmarks, that just reminded me. Last week, there was that beer that I could not fucking remember that I wanted to pick up. It's Baron's Waddle Seed Ale beer, not Nettle Seed, Waddle Seed Ale. And unfortunately, they didn't have any in stock at my liquor store this past week. Otherwise, I would have picked some up. So I'll have to keep an eye out for that just because I am curious about it. Um, what the fuck? Why do I... This is really odd why I have... I don't know. Um, my bookmarks are confusing me. Uh, where is that link? Uh, here we go. Something from Florida. Actually, from uh, Boca Raton. From WWMT.com. Uh, a Boca Raton spa owner is taking a note from European spas. And I believe there is actually a video to go along with this. So, you know what? Let me, uh, let me see if there's anything worthwhile on this from uh, WWMT News Channel 3 in Boca Raton. Uh, come on, video. If it'll actually... A Florida spa owner is calling her new treatment the Fountain of Youth. And get this, it's just a beer bath. The owner of the Maui Spa in Boca Raton, Florida, Gail Wentworth, says she can't share the secret recipe, but she says the copper bathtub plays a critical role, balancing out the positive and negative ions in our own bodies. Wentworth... Wow, that was that was a great video. For eighty dollars and fifty <laughs> minutes, part sauna, part beer bath, those younger-looking results will be long-lasting. Now, an interesting thing I noticed in this article: the treatment doesn't actually have alcohol in it. Now, I would initially, I was thinking, okay, that that's kind of bullshit, you know, kind of cheaping out here. But then I realized the European spas probably don't have the alcohol stay within that too. I know there's the one I mentioned in yeah, fuck. I have in Austria? I can't remember. Where they actually had spigots with beer, you know, taps that you could get your beer in the tub that you're in and stuff like that. But my guess is that the stuff you're bathing in, you may not necessarily want to be soaking within that alcohol because it'll probably dry out your skin. Right? I'm I'm guessing Probably, possibly, but like it said in the video, uh, $80 for a 50-minute treatment, part sauna, part beer bath. Uh, the owner says it's good for insomnia, good for irritability, great for acne, also great for any skin lesions. It feels soft forever. So I, uh, if I uh, 
if I get myself to move down to Florida, I would definitely try it out and see what happens because my, oof, for a 35-year-old guy and I still get pimples, ugh, frustrating as hell. I need better skin. Even though I still managed to somehow pass for about 20 if I shave all this hair off my face. Uh, any interesting comments on this? Uh, nope, they're smart. No comments. Uh, and see, like I said, it's all, it's all a bunch of little tidbits. But while I'm at it, I just finished my Anchor Christmas Happy New Year beer. Let's go to the next one here. This will be the fifth beer of Christmas. And this is from Southern Tier. It is 2Xmas. Uh, they're seasonal. It is brewed in the tradition of Swedish glog. I hope I'm pronouncing that properly. Uh, ale brewed with figs, orange peels, and spices. Two varieties of hops. Four types of malt. So let's take a whiff out of the bottle here because I'm not pouring into a glass tonight. Oh, wow. Okay. The orange peel is really, 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 really strong in that. Hmm. Oh, wow. Oh, oh. The orange is extremely strong in that. And I think I actually kind of like that. It, it, see, it, it, this reminds me of the problem with pumpkin beers around, you know, Halloween and, you know, into Thanksgiving, where too many of them are too much the same. The winter beers, a lot of them don't seem to have that problem where they're you know they're using spices and kind of going for a general theme but each one I've had it has a very subtle and not even subtle at times difference to it this one is probably the most different one I've had thus far I really rather like that the first sip I wasn't quite sure but the more I drink it, the, the orange peel, ooh, that is that is very, very nice. So Southern Tier 2 Xmas. Uh, okay, article. Another article. This is from uh, one of our favorites, thedrinksbusiness.com. If you need a Christmas gift for our good buddy Mitch, if he was a filthy hipster, how about the Whisker Dam? Yes, the Whisker Dam. Protect your whiskers from your beer. Let me post this in the uh, in the chat here. And uh, Roy Black on Crack giving me some info here. Uh, Glog is a Scandinavian mold wine, so imagine it has herbs. Okay, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, with... I, I, I can understand, like, the, the mold wine, kind of that spice element to it, can definitely see that with this beer. Mm. It's very, very interesting. Each each time I take a sip of it, I'm kind of taken aback, but not in a bad way. I'm I'm surprised every time I drink it. That is that is. I can't describe it, which is shitty for radio because you think you know descriptions of stuff would be perfect. Okay, so the Whisker Dam protects drinkers' beards. What you 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 put it over Sherry's head or something? Hirsute hipsters tired of getting the froth from their ironic craft beers in their luxuriant facial hair can now protect it with a whisker dam. 
Okay, I like this uh, Rupert Millar, who's uh, who's writing this article. Uh, he, he's an okay guy. Um, created by an American called Jeff. <laughs> that seems so condescending. The whisker dam is a copper plate that spans a pint glass and allows the drinker's whiskers to rest against the plate while sparing the expensively waxed follicles from getting an IPA sud soaking. As Jeff proudly states on the Whisker Dam website, when it comes to mustache guards, you will not find a more premium product. The creator further claims the invention is part of a long line of mustache protecting devices dating back to the proto-hipsters of the late 19th century. He explains, Whisker Dam embraces the rich history of gentlemen and their luxurious stashes. Throughout the ages, it's apparent that there has always been a battle between a man's perfectly groomed stash and fluid elements that try to saturate it. Since the 1800s, gentlemen have been creating various contraptions to protect their magnificent whiskers. This almost reads like a goddamn onion article. Rupert Millar, you, I raise my bottle to you. Sadly, madly mustachioed fixie enthusiasts desperate for this latest gadget in their hemp-slash-tweed-slash-plaid-slash-distressed-denim-stockings this Christmas are set to be disappointed. It's on back order until the 26th of December due to overwhelming worldwide demand. Uh, so if you like vinyl or know someone who does, order it for New Year instead. Uh, yours for only $25, $20 over the holiday period. Um... <laughs> Wow. Anyone unclear on what a hipster is because they, quote, hang in East London, Seattle, Vancouver, Left Bank, Paris, places you've probably never heard of anyway, uh, can get a clearer idea, let's see, on the following page. What is this following page? Oh, yes. Wow. They they even have a beautiful image of a hipster. And yes, Mitch is definitely not a hipster because if Mitch dressed like this, I think I'd, I don't know, I don't think I'd be his friend anymore. Let's see, facial hair, coat worn like a cape, a man bag, rolled up trousers, oh god, rolled up trousers, and w those are like women's pants! And shoes without socks. Ugh. And sadly, the, the beard this guy has looks fake. It does not look good. Should take a note and be maybe more, uh, professor sexual, like, uh, Corey from Shy Kids, right? Ah... Uh, Okay, what else I got? What else I got? This one may carry me to the break. This is one I held off from last week because I, I wanted to be able to at least devote proper, uh, proper amount of time to this one because this is one that I'm, I'm very much torn on the... Uh, I'm torn on the foundation of this because I can kind of understand where this article writer is coming from. But then, uh, I don't know. It, it's like the, the part of me that is douchey and the part of me that is not. Like, a, you know, part of me is a piece of shit and part of me is a gentleman. So I'm constantly at war with those two sides of me. Uh, craft beer names and labels can be sexist in Wisconsin. Oh. Uh, this is a uh, from a Wisconsin newspaper, the um, Ith, is, Isthmus. I don't know. Too, ma too many weird letters there. Um, 
So the article starts, from busty, dirndl-clad blonde maidens to the Miller High Life girl in the moon, women's bodies have been used to sell beer to men since the dawn of advertising. And I don't know this Miller High Life girl in the moon. I'm not familiar with this. Um, oh, fuck you, enter my birth date. Jesus Christ. You should know that I'm old enough for this bullshit. Uh, huh. She's one of the most famous advertising image icons of the past century, yet she remains an enigma. You know what? I, probably because I have never drank Miller High Life, I don't think I've ever had it in my life, so I'm, I'm not particularly familiar with this logo. But does this woman think that logo is sexist? Anyway, um, unfortunately, the rise of craft beer has hardly proven to be an exception to this long-standing practice. Now, again, ta she's talking about women's bodies being used to sell beer. If you're in the chat, look at that Miller High Life girl on the moon image. Is her body really being used to sell the beer or is it just an image? I mean, it to me it actually looks very artistic, very classy. Not revealing. I mean, she's not, you know, you know, her tits aren't hanging out or, you know, she's not, you know, pretending the beer's a cock or something like that. Uh, back to the article. Several essays published this year, including to some extent one of mine, here we go, self-promotion, have called out sexism in craft beer culture, particularly in the form of problematic labeling. These commentaries were met with varying responses, but overall have seen an encouraging level of support from the broader brewing community. That's sexist. Broader. Jeez, woman. In the U.S., namely the overwhelmingly white straight men who have been brew house gatekeepers since the Industrial Revolution. Yeah, except for if you look back in, I don't know, uh, what was it, ancient Egypt, where uh, women were in charge of making the beer. They were the ones that made sure it was all fucking awesome. I'm probably getting the wrong ancient society, but go with me here. I try and be respectful to women. I know what the climate is like nowadays. I mean... You can't you can't even walk by, you know, if you're walking opposite directions on a sidewalk, and you you can't even smile at a woman anymore without there being some fear of repercussion over it. But these labels—is this really something that important to worry about? I mean, some of the more feminist types out there, and some some that I would call friends to, might say that it definitely is, but I. I don't know. I see beer labels as an art form all to themselves. Um, I mean, the article writer, her name's Julia Burke, and I was doing some research on her, and honestly, she seems to be more into wine than beer anyway. Um, a few beer articles here and there, but like her Twitter feed is, it seems to be more wine, 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 and not W-H-I-N-E, although that would probably apply too. And I wouldn't be surprised if there are equally sexist wine labels out there, too. And I'm wondering why craft beer gets the brunt of her ire. I guess it, I guess because, you know, craft craft beer is a big thing. You know, the craft beer boom, and, you know, you don't, you don't have a wine boom right now, so. Uh, let's see. Discussion of sexism in marketing isn't new in the craft beer world, but this year, perhaps because of the sheer shamelessness of some of the labels in question, more men started listening. <laughs> um... 
Let's see. Sexism in beer is most often a reflection of utter ignorance on the part of a mostly homogenous industry rather than outright malice. <sighs> yeah, it's just, you know, we're just, we're just dumb guys. That's it. You know, we're, we're, we're just dumb guys. That's it. Yeah. That's what makes it so insidious as the men behind these thoughtless beer names. Yeah, because, you know, we're, 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 we're stupid. We don't know what we're doing. Uh, beer names and labels too often think feminists are just being unfair to them when challenged on the issue. Well, to be fair, there are certain circumstances. I mean, you're, 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 this article writer is acting like the Miller High Life Girl on the Moon is incredibly sexist, where I just don't see it. I mean, there was that, um, fuck, I'm, I'm forgetting the, uh, I'm probably gonna, let's see, beer... Blonde goes. I'm trying to remember. Uh, goes down easy. Was it Dallas? Dallas Blonde beer. Was that the brewer? Deep Ellum Brewing. They had their Dallas Blonde beer, and they had the goes down easy beer labels that they were, you know, kind of implying, you know, a whore of a blonde goes down easy. Haha. Okay. You know what? Fine. Fine. I, you know, I I thought it was I thought it was creative. I I liked what they did. Um, was it sexist? Yeah. But you don't have to buy the beer. Uh, you don't have to pay attention to the beer either, but whatever. That That's an example of probably a legitimate claim. Definitely not the Miller High Life Girl in the Moon, but I'll continue on this. Um, <laughs> hello, little Matt. Yes, you came into a feminist rant. <laughs> um... Let's see. Do, 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 do. Madison's not a bad place to be a woman in the craft beer industry, all things considered. The city has females enjoying microbrews, a wonderful woman's beer appreciation group, and the region's oldest craft operation, Capital Brewery, just crowned its first female brewmaster. Well, isn't there something, and I'm positive, let's see, boots, yeah, here we go. Um, do, 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 do. Yeah. Uh, maybe she's not familiar with something called the Pink Boot Society. Let's see. 1,500 members and counting. It's not a huge thing, but it. the tagline on their page is empowering women beer professionals to advance their careers in the beer industry through education. Now, if the craft beer industry is just a wasteland for females and it's just all a boys club who the hell are these 1500 plus members they're obviously in the goddamn industry so i i'm i'm shocked that she did not even mention the pink boot society in this article but mm. um but she mentions you know just specifically wisconsin uh try and come up with think think nationally you fucking cunt that wasn't very that wasn't very feminist of me. Um, still, given that labels like barely legal come up in a discussion about funny beer names and that it can be necessary to explain why having a woman-centric beer event isn't itself sexist. Oh, okay, you know what? She probably thinks the Pink Boot Society is sexist because it's 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 women in brewing. So, you know, women have to have their separate group. So it's sexist. I mean, Make up your fucking mind. Do you want women to be part of craft brewing or do you not want them to be part of it? She seems to want it both ways. 
Uh, with this in mind, problematic names and labels can be found in Wisconsin's craft beer scene, too. Here's a look at several that stand out. Uh, Stevens Point Brewery, they got Drop Dead Blonde, and it has an attractive blonde. Um, kind of in a low-cut top. Not a lot of cleavage showing, but, you know, enough. Um, so, she writes... I know. We'll brew a blonde ale and we'll have a blonde woman on the label. Get it? Blonde. Never saw that one coming. Well, you know what? The style name is blonde. And what does the word blonde evoke when you think of it? Unless you're really heavily, heavily, heavily into beer, you think hair color. And when you think a blonde, you think typically a woman. You think, you know, bombshell blonde. The imagery, the imagery is ingrained in our minds. It's not sexist to to make that um that to make that uh what's what's the word i want equivocal you know what i mean and um oh little matt says uh i do believe cask wine is experiencing boom therefore she's racist against cask wine okay <laughs> um i'll give her a point on this next bit for that that drop dead blonde beer she says, honestly, the irritating thing about Drop Dead Blonde is that it's advertised as being only 110 calories. Why does the light beer have to be the one with the woman on it? Oh, and the brewery has a Drop Dead Blonde of the Year award in which women submit their photos for a beauty contest. Well, you know what? If the women were so offended by it, they wouldn't do it. Um, whatever. But yeah, advertising it as only you know 110 calories. That that itself is kind of a little condescending in that respect. Most people don't give a shit about the calories of their beer. I am a rare, rare exception to that. And even then, I gotta search it out anyway. Uh, horny goat brewing, because when you think uh, political correctness, you think of a horny goat. She has a problem, though, with their baby got Bach Springbok. Now, she starts out this complaint with, even though the mascots for its beers are anthropomorphized goats, and she should not continue from there. They're anthropomorphized goats. They're goats. They're not women. They are goats. But she continues... That doesn't really change the effect of Baby Got Bach and other direct from Spencer's gifts labels used by this brew pub in Milwaukee. There's nothing wrong with being sexy, but as long as women's place in beer is on objectifying labels rather than in the brew house or boardroom, Pink Boot Society, you cunt, Pink Boot Society. These names and images send a pretty clear message about where breweries like Horny Goat think we belong. Look at the name of the brewery! What the hell do you expect from it? Huh. Honestly, I think the label for Baby Got Bach is very creative, and the fact that they used a goat is creepy. I, I don't find it sexist or sexy. I find it creepy. Uh, and let me see. You know what? Um, ooh, ah, shit. Getting tangled on my headphone cable here. Um, <laughs> there you go. Little Matt, the bikini model for Newcastle Brown Ale. Ah, fat bastard. Yeah, I can't do accents at all. I try, I try. I, I can do Asian, and that's about it. Uh, I think I might be able to do Indian, too, but I don't have occasion to do it tonight. Um, let me see. Baby got buck. Let's see. Now, tell me, when I get this image here. <coughs> oh, come on, Google. Fuck yourself. 
Come on. View image. Mustlovebeer.com. I'll have to check out that site. Now, I'll post this in the chat here. Oh, dear God, why is that black man fucking a goat? I guess, why isn't he fucking a goat? Um, this is... Oh, shit, this probably isn't going to work, is it? Oh, no, it is. I'll be damned. So, tell me. You see that goat on the uh, on the label? Do you find her sexy? Do you find it sexist and offensive to women? Or maybe do you find it offensive to goats? Maybe somebody needs to speak on the behalf of goats. Yes. Julia Burke, maybe you should defend the goats. Because they have no champion. Oh, you know what? Roy Black on Crack has a good point. Who said it's a female goat? It could be a cross-dressing goat. Uh-huh. So she has a problem with transgendered individuals. No, no, no. Not just transgendered individuals. Transgendered goats. Julia Burke from the Ismus paper is bigoted against transgendered goats. I said it. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, Lucette Brewing. Uh, she says, I'm a big fan of Hips Don't Lie. I love a good Shakira reference. And double entendre reflecting a beer brewed with rose hips is exactly the sort of clever punnery I cherish and expect from the craft beer world. But couldn't such creative folks come up with a more interesting label art for its beers than a woman in a crop top and Daisy Duke? So what else do you... <sighs> okay. She instantly, she heard hips don't lie, went to a Shakira reference. Shakira typically does not wear a lot of clothing, exposes her hips. She went right to it. Hi. I mean, and apparently they also have um, The Farmer's Daughter. They have a, a beer called The Farmer's Daughter with, you know, another kind of image on there. You know, the typical Farmer's Daughter. Um, the farmer's daughter wouldn't be such a cultural trope if women weren't once considered the property of their fathers until they married. <sighs> she just, ugh. This just, ugh. Bugs the shit out of me. Uh, Tyranina Brewing. Uh, okay, let's see here. It's disappointing that a brewery deems it's okay to refer to women as whores and to make sex workers the butt of a joke. Mercifully, hop whore, like Who's Your Daddy and High Class Broad, is one of its Brewers Gone Wild special releases, which means the beer bears a standard series label as opposed to original themed artwork because one can only imagine the alternative. Oh, she actually does mention the Pink Boot Society here. Uh, can a business that employs a female brewing assistant participate in the Pink Boot Society collaboration brew day last spring? Please consider some new brand names. Oh, so they have a female brewing assistant there. You know what? Mm, maybe she was okay with it. Aha. Uh -huh. So let's see this Brewers Gone Wild series. Uh, see if they have a origin here. Um, a series of big, bold, ballsy beers. Uh, each beer in the series t is to the extreme. Big flavor, wild names, and well, do you need more? So th they're, they're going for shocking names. Let's see. Okay, they have Hop Horror. Okay, okay. They have Who's Your Daddy? Fine. They have Devil Made Me Do It. Ooh. That's so sexist. Um, okay, th to be fair, there are a lot of uh, woman-themed ones. Bitter Woman. Uh, or I'm sorry, Bitter Woman from Hell. Extra IPA. Uh, Spank Me Baby, Barley Wine uh, Style Ale. Okay. High Class Broad, yeah. 
Uh, sticking it to the man. Well, no. Okay, that's sticking it to the man. Yeah. Um, dirty old man. Oh, that, that's so sexist. Oh, why isn't it dirty old woman? Why is it got to be dirty old man? Oh, devil over a barrel. Oh, that's, that's talking about homosexuality. Because you know, if you put the devil over a barrel, you can fuck him in the ass by holding his horns. Probably went too far there, right? Scurvy IPA brewed with orange peel. Oh, that's so offensive. Um, dashboard lights. Ooh, doubly blessed cherry porter. Nice. Uh, Bitter Woman in the Rye. Uh, Benji's Smoked Chipotle Imperial Porter. Um, Shaggin' in the Wood. Well, that could be sexist to, you know, anybody. Uh, I don't see the problem with this. I don't know. Maybe she needs to move out of Minnesota. Or Minnesota. Minnesota. Minnesota's fucking awesome. Needs to move out of Wisconsin. And then the last one she has on here, Great Dane Brew Pub. The label for Copper Ton Amber Saison, one of the Great Dane's unleashed special releases, is a spoof of the classic Copper Tone Girl advertisement. Having experienced wardrobe malfunctions at the hands of enthusiastic pets on occasion, I wouldn't find this so egregious if, one, the original ad didn't feature a small child, which makes the whole thing much more creepy, and two, there wasn't a general cultural problem of men consuming alcohol and then harassing women, often by attempting to pull off their clothes. Really? Okay, okay. She went from drunk frat dude bros at the bar harassing me like, what, what, you want to fucking dance with me, what, to date rape. That was quite a leap there. I don't know. It, it almost seems like she has, you know, a very specific agenda. Um... Yes, beer names based on penis jokes do exist, but these represent men making fun of themselves rather than being objectified by women. I'm sorry to say that it's still glaring under representation of women in the craft beer industry, not to mention millennia of systematic oppression and patriarchy will require more than a few names like Morning Wood labels to iron out this issue. Male brewers and label designers can do better by putting their exceptional creativity and innovation to work by selling beers that don't perpetuate stereotypical views of women. Uh, can women handle objectifying labels? Of course, we've been handling it our entire lives. Must we in order to enjoy beer? Absolutely not. Well, you know what? Then enjoy another fucking beer. You know, speak with your wallet. If they're making a great beer, then oof. Um, <laughs> going back to the, the, the goat, uh, transphobia, transmorphophobia, uh, <laughs> typical ciscont, um, Apparently, Roy Black on Crack found someone there on Twitter calling herself Hop Whore. Um, wow. Uh, let's see here. I is she actually hot? Uh, Twitter.com. Let's, let, let's see if we can get her, her some followers all of a sudden and really confuse her. Hop Whore. Um, interesting. She doesn't look like a Hop Whore. Cat McGee. But you know what? She... Uh, she she is a drinker and she's drinking surly, so you know what? Um, what would have been really funny is if I was already uh already following her. To be fair though, she has not tweeted since April thirteenth. But what the hell? I'm gonna follow anyway, just to confuse her. Um, I'm sure her parents were wonderfully delighted when they found out she was majoring in women's studies at college. Yes, we're talking about Julia Burke there. <sighs> it, and, and the, she's just highlighting Wisconsin beers. She could have easily skewered, I don't know, say, Dominion Brewing's pinup line. You know, I, I have an instance of art um, right up next to my desk here. 
hanging on my wall from uh, Morning Glory Espresso Stout. In fact, let me see if I can find that image. Dominion. If anything, I mean, that that is kind of sexist. However, it harkens to the old um, to the old pinups, which are very much an art form. Um, let's see. Here we go. Uh, let me find a more quality image. That one is kind of shitty. Uh, I mean, like they have double D, double IPA from Dominion, and again, it's it's in the style of the pinups, which I find to be very classy. It's you know, it's a it's a classic, legitimate art form. Uh, here we go. Oh, this is okay. This is a good large image of this one. Come on. My internet sucks tonight. In fact, I'm seeing my peak meter being weird. So I'm probably cutting out on the feed too. God damn it. And it's not stalking if you have an international radio show. That is a really fair point there. 13 kbps. Yeah, my internet connection is shitting the bed as we speak. Um. <laughs> you know what? Okay, here we go. Now I think the image has finally decided to resolve itself, and it looks like my bitrate is going back up. Everything's turning up Millhouse. Here we go. Oh, for fuck's sake. I am... There we go. Okay. All because I want to share this goddamn image, which is a, a pretty hot image. Okay, yeah, it... it that, that was, it was my connection, little Matt. My connection was crapping out. It's crapping out. Okay. Should be good now. Or maybe not good. I'm seeing. I'm seeing it still dropping. So, uh, but th this is this is the pinup art I'm talking about, and I have this up um, next to my desk here. And I, she would probably fucking hate this, but I think it's, I think it's very cool looking. I love pinup art. I think it's great. Um, so, uh, you know what? Now is probably a good time for me to hit break. Um, hopefully my internet connection will resolve slightly and hopefully it doesn't boot me off the air. Oh, yep. Disconnected from server. Connecting in eight seconds. Okay. So, uh, little Matt says we'll still blame Mitch. But you know what? Okay, I'll hit break right now. And hopefully when I come back, I will be... Oh, I'm connected again. Fantastic. So I'll be back after this, guys. Alcohol by Cheers. volume. Kevin oh, Show. Hey. It's hey. oh, the name of the show. Hey. More like radio. Less like crap. Want more alcohol by volume? Because I'm kind of drunk for this. Let's shit nuts. Download past episodes at morelikeradio.org. Join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. Like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. And follow along on Twitter at MLR underscore alcohol. I find you're drunk in this fit. Are you on appeal? I am drunk, or I wouldn't be talking to you. Mr. Turtle, how many hosts does it take to make a podcast as good as the Shy Kids podcast? I ain't never made it through a whole episode. Ask Mr. Owl. Mr. Owl, how many hosts does it take to make a podcast as good as the Shy Kids podcast? Let's find out. A one, a two, a three, three. 
How many hosts does it take to make a podcast as good as the Shy Kids podcast? The world may never know. I said three, motherfucker. The Shy Kids podcast. Saturdays, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific at morelikeradio.com. We are the Shy Kids. See it right there. It's done. Theme song. God, it's so deep. Take your hands off my head. No. It hurts. I bet. It's really deep. Are you almost done? Oh, I've been done for a while. What? No teeth. I'm sorry. Nobody likes teethy blowjobs. You know what? <sighs> what? We should do this every week. Do what every week? TV podcast. Oh, sure. Right. When is it? Fridays 8 Eastern. Fridays at 8 Eastern? Yeah. On morelikeradio.com? It is. Cool. Can you download it on iTunes? Of course. Just look up Deep V. Deep V. Deep V. Hey, smokers. You stink. I'm not talking about your character. That's a given. I'm talking about your clothes. It's time to kick the butts and move over to something more pleasant. I'm talking about e-cigs from Smokeless Image. They're cheaper than cigarettes, don't smell, and are available in a wide variety of flavors ranging from mints, fruits, desserts, or the traditional tobacco flavors if that's what you want. Simply go to tinyurl.com slash mlrsmoke for all your vaping needs. That's tinyurl.com slash mlrsmoke. Saturday's noon east. Join Halls and Rorschach as they bring you the news you need to get you through your weekend. Ollie, Ollie, can you hear me? Yes. <laughs> okay, Ollie, I'm outside right now. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's really boring hard out here. Uh, Sounds like it. Where are you at? Are you in Antarctica? <laughs> uh, wait a minute, Ollie. I see somebody coming toward me. There's a, there's a man coming toward me. guys, it's Halls from It's All About Me. Join Rorschach and myself every Saturday from noon to 2 Eastern Time right here on More Like Radio. If you weren't able to catch the last Hippo Juice show, here's what you probably missed. I just keep thinking to myself and it makes me giggle that I, every time I hear the story, I imagine it was Ray Romano in the same situation. <laughs> oh, 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 kind of does. I barely that. touched her. Come on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, it was my brother. Look at him. He's bigger than me. Come on. Oh. Come on. Everybody loves me. Oh, I, got, I got twins. Come on. Oh, let's go. Let's go Home Depot. Come on. Fess up, Raymond. You know it was you. They got you on video. Anybody want soup? Ma, come on. We're talking over here. <laughs> So if you learn anything from Hippo Juice, remember Ray Romano allegedly punched his wife in an elevator. Right. We don't report the news accurately. We report half of it. Whatever. It's still news. So fuck you guys. This is more entertaining than some football player. 
Listen to the Hippo Juice Show live every Wednesday night, 7 to 9 p.m. on morelikeradio.com. Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. You heard me right. That's 10 free gifts to spice up your love life. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Second, an adventurous toy for him. And third, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. That's 10 free gifts for you shy types who've never tried Adam and Eve before. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code DEAL48 at checkout, and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code DEAL48. That's D-E-A-L-48 at adamandeve.com. You know the way at the start of the last episode, we went through uh, different nationalities, you know, and now people know that we're Irish. <laughs> and now people know that we're all shite at accents <laughs> as well. <laughs> but I was wondering, is it prejudice to not make fun of, like, all of the countries? Where's you going for here? We'll name check every country on the show, that way no one can be mad about that. I could do Swedish. Oh, yeah, what? Birdie, birdie. <laughs> and to the Italians? Papa the poopy. Papa the poopy. <laughs> okay. To the Mexicans? Hey, man. <laughs> uh, Spain? <laughs> uh, Singapore? Oh. <laughs> Amazing. Australians? Cockerel to dark. No. You big loop, are you? <laughs> no, that sounds That's like terrible. Limerick or something. <laughs> That's why we never slide off the Irish, do we? Someone put a bomb in me potato. <laughs> there you go. OSW Review. All Irish, all racist. <laughs> oh, hello there. I didn't see you come in. This is Mitch, producer of Dutch and Royce. I just wanted to take a quick moment to remind you why we are better than you. I took the turkey baster and put it in the glass and sucked up as much pee as I could. I took the turkey baster, after lubricating it in my asshole, and put it up as far as I could in my asshole, and I was repeatedly thrusting it in and out while jacking off and screaming out a boy's name and moaning to make it feel like it was real. I can't believe I then, I then imagined my head, I then imagined in my head him screaming, I'm coming! And I squeeze the turkey baster ball, shooting all my pee into my ass. <laughs> I kept taking to the, t- I kept taking the turkey baster out and filling it with more pee and shooting it deep into my asshole, <laughs> making it feel like it was a huge come. Listen to Dutch and Royce live Tuesdays from ten to midnight, only on MoreLikeRadio.com. Hey you, yes. You guessed 10,542. Change your username. And while you're in the More Like Radio live page listening to fine quality programming, notice the banner ad just slightly above the chat room? It's a link to something you want in Amazon. Click it. It's probably reminding you to order something you need from Amazon.com. Don't leave MLR and type the URL like a sucker. Just click the link and it'll open in a new window. This way you can buy your shit and continue listening to the show. Now, change your username 
right there on the right, stupid. The official Alcohol by Volume YouTube channel. Find out what's destroying my liver every week. Ah! My liver! My liver! New beer reviews every Saturday morning. And occasionally some bonus reviews in the middle of the week, too. Hmm, your ideas are intriguing to me, and I wish to subscribe to your newsletter. Subscribe now at youtube.com slash MLR Alcohol by Volume. Come on, let's go drink till we can't feel feelings anymore. A ton of lineup stronger than Owen Hart's safety harness. More like radio.com. Other internet radio stations are gay. You're listening to Alcohol by Volume on More Like Radio. One of our topics was like beer nog, okay? Because we hate eggnog. And like at our family parties, everybody drinks eggnog Christmas, right? So what you do is you go to Max 7-Eleven, you get eggnog, and you empty it out like right in the tree, eh? And then you pour That'll beer help in it here. Grow. Okay, you got beer right in there, and then you get like a happy cup you can't see through. Pour it in that, walk around the party. You don't have to drink eggnog. Drink beer nog instead, okay? There it okay, is. another topic is, this is beauty. Like, uh, two years ago, we was working in Brewer's Retail, eh? So, like, <coughs> our owner, our boss, eh? He gave us, like, uh, uh, frozen butter balls for Christmas, eh? So, like, Posehead here puts it in the trunk of the car and forgot about it, right? So, like, next summer, Dad was driving the car and goes, who died, eh? So, like, goes in the trunk. <laughs> I got one for you, too. Take off. Uh, he never did. I do. Oh. Here it is. It's gone, eh? Merry Christmas, hoser. Oh. oh, geez. Wait a minute. Same size. Beauty. I think I know what it is. Beauty. Beauty! Smokes, smokes! Thanks, just what I wanted. Oh. Gee. Okay. Thanks a lot, eh? Beauty. Okay. Okay. So, uh... Oh, here's something to do with beers for oh, Christmas. Yeah. Make it nice, eh? Hold that. And, like... For tree decorations, oh, we're out of time, eh? Yeah, quick. Like, hang Show a smoke up. The smoke. Hang some smokes up on trees. That was the trees. my idea. Take off. It was so. And like, uh... Listen, Hosehead, give me credit. Oh, some. that's it. So, Good day. that's our topic. Merry Christmas. Good day. Welcome back to... Ooh, jeez. Sorry about that. <laughs> for those of you with headphones on, I apologize. Welcome back. Hour number two. I'll call by volume here on More Like Video. You want to Skype in? The name is Alcohol by Volume, all one word, and the phone number 862-345-7125-862 Alcohol. Um, one thing, um, one last thing with that sexist craft beer names and labels in Wisconsin. The uh, there there weren't a lot of comments, but th- there were a couple that stood out to me. Let's see, interesting article. What are the barriers to entry that prevent females from launching new brews? And um, quoting from the article, the still glaring underrepresentation of women in the craft beer industry. This could be cured by women choosing to enter the craft beer industry if it were not for the laws and long-standing social prohibitions against women owning buildings, copper pots, barley, hops, or water. So it's a fair point. Is craft beer a mostly male-dominated industry? Yes. Is there anything stopping women from getting into it? No, there really isn't. It, it craft beer, I find, is a very inclusive industry. It's not like um, I, I'm trying to think of an industry where it's it's really a good old boys club. Where okay, okay, you know what? Let's think government here, Congress, you know, Senate. Yes, there are there are women in those in those positions, but for the most part, they are either 
mindless idiots or just spineless and not willing to stand up to the men in government. So, but there's nothing stopping women from, you know, you could have an all-women craft craft brewery. Why not? I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. Um, really, there, there is there is nothing stopping the entry of more and more women into craft brewing. And to be honest, I mean, although this this may just be me being a pig, but a lot of the craft beer enthusiasts that I follow on Twitter and Instagram are women. They're obviously out there, and they're knowledgeable about the stuff. It's not just, you know, <laughs> I like to drink. <laughs> no, no, no. They're knowledgeable. They know what the fuck they're talking about. They know more than most men that I see drinking beer on Twitter. <sighs> so the next beer I got going here, and it's the, the sixth and technically final beer of the six beers of Christmas. This is from Breckenridge out of Colorado. This is their Christmas ale. Plenty of good cheer, good friends ever near. Strange thing I noted, or at least the big difference I noted with this one, when I smelled it after opening it, I really got that hop aroma out of it. I didn't get that out of the Anchor. I didn't get that out of the Southern Tier. This one was getting a lot of hop aroma, so I was thinking that there was going to be a specific bitterness quotient to it. Definitely wasn't the case, though. Um, reading on, um, was it Untapped? They described it as having kind of caramelly and chocolate characteristics to it. I'm picking up maybe a little bit of the caramel, not so much the chocolate. But again, this is this is very different than the other two I just had. Uh, would I have known that this was a particular Christmas beer? Probably not. It, it does not have those requisite spices. This could be an any time of the year ale for me. That's not saying it's not good. It is It is good. Christmas, though, doesn't jump out at me in that respect. Um, close that tab. I don't need the girl in the moon anymore. Um, <laughs> little Matt, Carol the Bells, Metal Remix. Yeah, that was um, that... Uh, that bit after the uh, Bob and Doug rejoinder. That that was Gary Hoey. You guys should probably... you If, if you do not know Gary Hoey, um, check him out. He if, if you don't like Christmas music, he may actually turn you around on it. Two albums that I know of. I don't think he's done a third one, but Ho Ho Hoey and Ho Ho Hoey 2. Um, he he does some great... And it's all, it's all just instrumental guitar rock. Um, in fact, I'm probably closing out the show with another one of his songs. But uh, check that out, Gary Hoey, H O E Y. He, he's good. I, I found out about him years ago when I when I uh, was in Michigan. <sighs> okay. Uh, oh, you know what? One more thing I forgot. I uh, I had a beer. I had a beer. <laughs> what a fucking surprise! Wow, I know. Um, I had one last night. Uh, full like what was it? It was a twenty twenty five point four ounce or whatever. It was Sierra Nevada's barrel-aged Narwhal Imperial Stout. Now, I picked it up because, well, okay, initially, I saw it at the liquor store. I'm like, oh, okay. 
And then later in the week, I saw that people were actually like really looking for it, that it was like sought after. I'm like, huh? So I'm like, okay. Went back to the liquor store that week, found it still there. I'm like, okay, I'm picking this up then. Picked it up, finally got to have it last night, and it's really high. <laughs> a little mad applauding. You had a beer, thank you. Um, the the rating on rate beer, if I remember correctly, was like a ninety nine or something. I mean, it, it's very highly rated. I'm trying to. I can't remember what uh, what beer advocate had it at. Let me see here. Uh, barrel narwhal. You think a narwhal beer would be the official beer of Reddit, right? Narwhal Imperial Stout Barrel Age. Okay, yeah. It's a 97 beer advocate score in the brews. I still hate that. Is a 95. It's a Russian Imperial Stout. And it was good. 12.9% uh, ABV. Uh, they say uh, aged for eight months in fresh bourbon barrels. A uh, combination of Willet Single Barrel, Heaven Hill, and various beam brands. And it was good. It, it had a very, you know, kind of bourbon-y smell to it. Didn't have a, didn't have a huge burn to it. Um, like read, reading one of the reviews on Beer Advocate here, they're saying it smells of booze, bourbon, and some vanilla. Yes, that's true. Taste is a bourbon, chocolate, vanilla, and some coconut with a definite alcohol burn on the way down. See, I didn't get the alcohol burn. I definitely didn't get coconut. Um, and I don't know. The, the, these people all love it. I'm not saying it was bad, but I don't know. It It didn't. It didn't jump out at me like some other Russian Imperial Stouts I've had. It, it seemed very, very middling. In fact, it, it made me glad that I didn't save it for a review because I would have felt silly, you know, going on, you know, opening it up, going on, you know, recording for YouTube and then being like, I don't get the big deal over this. I mean, I, I'd completely lose all credibility, wouldn't I? I don't know. I mean, not everybody's going to like everything. But um, that was what I wouldn't say I was disappointed with it, but I was surprised that it wasn't as good as the numbers seem to say. So um, I did actually, you know, I, I forgot to mention this. I did pick up uh, another beer today that because I had to pick up a six pack for uh, for Christmas Day going into uh, Pennsylvania to uh, spend uh, dinner with family up there. And I picked up a six-pack of Sam Adams White Christmas because I have not had that yet this season. And I figured if anybody else wanted a beer, it's a, it's a relatively non-offensive kind of beer. I was thinking getting some Sweet Baby Jesus, but that might just freak people out. Um, but I also picked up a bottle that I will be reviewing in the coming weeks of Founders Big Luscious. It is, I, I believe it's a stout with um, chocolate and raspberries. The thing that drew me to this, I, I haven't had good luck with stouts that blend the chocolate and some sort of fruit, because usually the fruit is so understated that it it doesn't work as well for me. I know um, Dewclaw had one, and I, I can't remember the name of it, but they, they I think they had a raspberry one too, and it, it was good, but it, I, I didn't have enough fruit for me. One of the complaints I saw in a review was that it was too sweet on the fruit end. So I think it may be perfect for me. But that that review will be coming up in the uh, in the coming weeks. Chances are, well, okay, you know, just, just between uh, you and me, I'm probably going to be recording it tomorrow. So it'll probably be up within the next uh, couple weeks or so. So keep an eye, keep an eye out for that on the YouTube channel. And again, thank you 
thank you for you people that have been checking that out. My my uh, last video that went up, the Trogues Mad Elf Ale, that one actually uh, did some pretty decent numbers for me at least. I'm I'm pretty happy with that one. So some breaking news. Not really breaking news. Not not like JJ getting in- engaged. But uh, Founders Brewing out of Grand Rapids, Michigan, they sold a minority stake to a leading Spanish brewer. This is from AmericanCraftBeer.com. Um, they've sold a 30% minority stake in their company to Mahao San Miguel, Spain's leading brewer. Uh, they go on to say, we can only speculate what this all means for founders, but cash is always king and allows any company the breath to grow. But their sale to an international operation is doubly intriguing. American craft beer is fast becoming a global commodity and founders new partnership with Mahao San Miguel clearly speaks to that and hints at all kinds of international possibilities. And that was my first guess when I saw the headline on this too, the imminent potential for distribution within Europe. You know, speaking of, you know, Founders, Big Luscious goes right into that. Um, Founders, Founders is fantastic. Founders is one of my top brewers. I'm, I'm glad I get Founders out here and I'm proud that they're from Michigan. You know, my my, my home state, my home state. Um, I don't know why I talked in that accent there. I should have been uh, talking more about another way because I sound like a Canadian from uh, Michigan. But F- Founders is fantastic. They have so many great beers. Um uh, fucking shit. Wow. Uh, all day IPA. You got breakfast stout. Breakfast stout. Oh, breakfast stout. I mean, I know people always talk about KBS and stuff like that. But breakfast stout. That is one of the finest stouts out there. If you've never tried it, do it. And then, you know, their backstage series like Big Luscious, Dissenter, uh, Imperial IPL, I have not had that. I've seen it. I've been tempted to pick it up, yet I have not picked it up. And I always hear good things about it. You can't go wrong with founders. And if they're going to expand into Europe, all the better because more exposure for them. Um, and the people of Europe will get to enjoy those fucking fantastic beers. You know, a little, little bit of Michigan going overseas. I cannot complain about that. Uh... God damn. Um wait, what? Huh? Huh? What? He got the papers? What? I'm I'm so lost now. Shit. Uh Yeah, okay, little uh, little Matt, name a better beer from Michigan. Pro tip, you can't. Yep, the, the one that little Matt just linked in the chat here is one that ever since I had it, uh, I've been crying that I cannot get it here in Jersey and I I don't think I, I haven't seen it in Pennsylvania either. From Saugatuck Brewing, Neapolitan Milk Stout. That is one of the single best beers I've ever had. Not not just one of the best milk stouts I've had, but one of the best beers I've had. So good. Little Matt says he wants it so bad. And believe me, if if I was able to get a hold of some Little Matt, and I was able to somehow send it to you without falling afoul of uh, international law, believe me, I would do it because the oh, the layers of that one. If anybody from Sagatuck Brewing is listening to my show, I know it's a long shot, and you want to send me some, oh, oh, the things I would do. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, oh, sorry. I am not filleting my mic. Not 
flailing my mic. Um, but yeah, it, was it uh, on the box? Uh, yeah, three three bites in every sip, and it's true. You 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 go through the stages of the flavor. My, even even my fucking dad, he had a sip of it, and he said, "Yeah, I'm 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 getting I'm getting the vanilla, I'm getting the chocolate, I'm getting the strawberry." You know, in succession there. Um, yeah, little man's right. So many blowjobs I would give. <laughs> yeah, I I I, I th- okay. I I will say it right here. Sagatuck Brewings. Oh, wait, okay. Let me get this right. So it's a good solid clip. Sagatuck Brewings Neapolitan Milk Stout is so good that I would suck a dick for it. 724 whoever wants to cut that out it is yours that is my gift to you oh damn it little matt reminding me of that goddamn good beer i'm 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 going to have to look into their distribution and just see if there's any neighboring state that they distribute to cuz i got to find that shit so good speaking of another beer that i don't get here god damn it surly brewing out of uh, minnesota their massive new Minneapolis Beer Hall opened last Friday. So, uh, Surly, a favorite of White Ass Brent, one of our good buddies, um, opened on an industrial stretch of the Prospect Park neighborhood in Minneapolis. It's now the largest brewery in Minneapolis, and the owner, Omar Ansari, hopes that the new facility with a sprawling patio and in-the-works restaurant will be a new beer travel destination. And I don't see why it wouldn't be. So the numbers that we have on this new facility for Surly. The annual output at full capacity, they can do over 100,000 barrels. The area of the new facility is over 90,000 square feet. There are going to be 18 beers on tap in the new beer hall. 275 people can be seated in the new beer hall's um, indoor area. 1.5 acres of outdoor beer garden there are six fire pits in the beer garden and come on sitting around a fire pit drinking a beer you can't beat that the total cost to build this new facility it was over 30 million dollars so it's it's kind of a big deal kind of a big deal um so let me see if there's anything else in the article here plan for a pilgrimage in october the month when surly annually holds darkness day and unleashes the coveted darkness Russian Imperial Stout to a crowd of eager beer geeks. And then they just kind of go on into some of the beers that Surly offers. And again, that I can't get here, which makes me very sad. Because I, I've, I've, um, I've had some stuff from Surly that Brent sol- uh, sent to me. It was really good. And it, I'm, I'm sad that I, that I can't get it here. However, more Minnesota beers have been popping up. In my neck of the woods, um, fuck, I'm forgetting uh, what I've been seeing. But like I said, I'm almost positive I saw stuff from Liftbridge, which that will be another. Uh, there's a there's a beer from them that will be another upcoming review. Uh, hint, hint. Uh, Mitch and Sherry may want to check out for that because there will be a shout out to them. Uh, the uh, bottle of silhouette that they that they got me. I will probably be enjoying that over my uh, my holiday break yeah I, I didn't mention that either uh today was my last day of work until january 5th oh, 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 oh fuck yeah oh, that i'm trapped in a house with my wife and two kids yeah three-year-old and a four-month-old yeah oh, fucking kill me 
I'm going to try and play Dragon Age as much as I fucking can. That and Beyond Two Souls on PS3. <sighs> I miss gaming. Got to catch up on TV. Four episodes behind on Supernatural. Most of the season, a person of interest. Oh, God. There is no fucking time for anything. You wonder what... I, I, ugh. I, I drink because that's about all that I have time for. Um... I mean, I, I, would, I would do more. I would do more creative things, but don't have the time for it. However, 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 if I, uh, if I had this one beer called the Problem Solver, perhaps, perhaps I, uh, I might be able to uh, be more creative. And God damn it, little Matt. Oh, you don't get two beers in New Jersey. That's so unfortunate, Kev. I wonder how you must feel. <laughs> yeah, I know. Honest, honestly, I realize I can't complain because distribution here is pretty decent. Just so happens the one I really, really fucking want, they, I can't get here. I can't get Sagatog. I can't get New Belgium. I can't get Bells. But when I think about all the other stuff I do get, I get Dewclaw. I get Founders, you know, things like that. So, um, And don't ew Supernatural. Supernatural is a fucking fantastic show. And I... Uh, Little Matt's binge-watching Californication. I have not watched Californication, but Supernatural is a fucking fantastic show. And I, as Dennis will undoubtedly say, I do have a man crush on Misha Collins, but it's a great show. Roy Black on Crack is watching Frasier starting from season one. Okay. You know what? Frasier was a good show. I, 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 can't, I can't say anything bad about that. Kelsey Grammer is awesome, even when he's falling off a damn stage. So what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, a beer that tells you how much to drink to boost your creativity called the Problem Solver. So this is from Engadget.com, uh, one of my favorite tech sites. When you've been stuck on a problem or that creative spark just won't come, the chances are you've turned to a cup of coffee to get things moving. A quick, quick Java infusion can certainly help, but studies also suggest that alcohol can have a positive impact on your creative cognition. Mm. University of Illinois professor Jennifer Wiley Ooh, woman. Huh. Look, a woman doing something important. Ah, uh, fuck you, Julia Burke. Uh, determine that a person's creative peak comes when their blood alcohol level reaches 0.075, lowering their ability to overthink during a task. See, I like that. That's, that, that, that would... If I had a breathalyzer, and I, I probably should get one, I would find out that 0.075 is probably my sweet spot, so I don't overthink everything. That would lessen the anxiety and just make me mellow without making me emotional and crying and hating myself. And Okay, too much there. Um, Medical Daily reports that marketing agent CP&B Copenhagen and Danish brewery Rocket Brewing wanted to help drinkers reach their imaginative prime, so they decided to create their own beer to do just that. Now, this beer does not actually contain anything other than the alcohol to fuel your creative process but there is there is a purpose here it's a 7.1% ABV craft IPA that its makers say offers a quote refined bitterness with a refreshing finish now here's here's the the creative part to ensure you reach the optimum creative level the bottle includes a scale which determines how much of the beer you need to drink based on your body weight. The agency does offer a word of warning, though. Enjoying the right amount will enhance your creative thinking. Drinking more will probably do exactly the opposite. 
That's the difference between writing the next War and Peace and waking up the next morning with a massively sore head. And Gadget goes on to say, obviously the problem solver is a marketing gimmick, but lucky drinkers can get their hands on a bottle if they live in Copenhagen. The IPA is being served during after-hours workshops at CPMB and at a local city beer store, so you better get your problem-solving hat on if you want some delivered to wherever you are. If, uh, well, do I know anybody in Copenhagen that would want to send me a bottle of this? Because, I mean, I, 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 I can't, you know, give you a beach from across the ocean, but I don't know, I could probably do something for you. Yeah, it's a gimmick, but it's actually kind of neat gimmick. Um, you know, if, if there was a situation where I really needed my creativity going, I'd crack open a bottle of this and find exactly where I need to hit that sweet spot. Because there, there are so many times where I'm trying to get those creative juices flowing and God damn, that sounds so dirty. And I, I, I pass, I pass that threshold and I completely fuck it up. I, I hit a perfect point and then I fuck it up. Because I have one more beer, and that just kills it. So, gimmick, it's marketing, but it's actually pretty cool. Um, David Duchovny, better than Misha Collins. Uh, David Duchovny's a pretty cool dude, but I don't know, Misha Collins, in real life, he's, I think think he's a pretty, he's a pretty solid dude. Pretty solid guy. You can't go wrong with Castiel, man. Um, and I, de- I, 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 I know Dennis. Dennis still watches Supernatural, and he'll rip on it now. But you, you, you can't tell me Supernatural's a bad show. You know, it, it's in, it's in season ten now. Um, and it's one of those rare shows that I think has not gotten like steadily shittier, uh, past season seven. And um, I'm not quite sure who guessed four five two oh two seven is, but um. Merry Christmas to you as well, and fuck you, Little Matt. Supernatural is not a bad show. Have you ever watched it, Little Matt? Have you ever watched it? Because, goddamn, I mean, like, seasons, like, really, like, within, what was that, season four, season five? Goddamn. They're, they're just crazy shit going on. I, I don't have to defend myself to you. Um, uh, you, you watch the pilot, that's it. Dude, it started out as kind of like, you know, ooh, a teen spooky drama. It turned into so much more. And in fact, I'm I'm surprised that the religious right has not fucking rallied against Supernatural. Because there's so much uh, strange biblical stuff going on in there. Um showing that, you know, angels are not necessarily the nicest people out there. And, uh, you know, just it, it, like, you know, heaven and hell and, you know, a, a manifestation of Satan and everything. And just, you know, all this kind of stuff that, you know, the Christian right would be like, oh my God, they're offending our religion. So, I don't know. If you can make, try and get past the pilot, Matt. Try and get, try and get through season one into season two and you may think differently because the the show just from season one to season 10 it is just such a different show it, it this is not that kind of show this is a show about beer although uh, dean does drink a lot of beer on there oh okay you're into season three now okay um 
has has anybody has anybody died yet, Matt? <laughs> have have any of the main characters died? Tell me that, because that that's when it really gets fucking crazy. Okay, Matt says when he's finished Californication. Yeah, one 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 show that actually uh, ended recently. Um, well, I didn't I didn't say who J five J five coming up after my show. <laughs> um, uh, the newsroom, the newsroom ends after three seasons. I had no fucking clue they were ending it after three seasons. Very very sad because it's a very good show. Um, but eh, I got enough TV to watch, so I'll be okay. Um, is there any more about the problem solver here? Oh, Colin Stewart 12 in the comments does not like IPAs. Um, oh, Jesus. Ugh. Okay, Sioux Runner, S-I-O-U-X, as in the, uh, the Native American tribe. This is quite possibly one of the worst comments I've ever seen on Engadget. And I gotta, I gotta summon up a voice for this. Anyone that needs alcohol to summon thoughts and creativity is lost. Lost! Do not mock your imagination with man-made poison to subdue yourself from reality. If you are lost... Find yourself through meditation, the truest center. Then at the end of the day, light up a fat joint and let the real creativity begin. Not only creativity, but also reproduction of brain cells. Thus, real, the fuel for creativity. The herb is for life. Love is life. Creativity comes about in an age of your truest heart when it is ripe. Follow back. Comment from Jim Balter saying, You need something since you failed to comprehend the article. Thank you, sir. Uh, <laughs> Little Matt with the uh, image of the show, I think, right there. Um, let's see. How much time I got left? I got enough time left. And hopefully I'm not, hopefully I'm not, ugh, my levels are probably shit this show. I, I know my, my last show, my levels were a little, a little off. Um, firstwefeast.com, scientists say moderate alcohol consumption boosts your immune system. Now, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, regale you with a quick little tale. Uh, when I got home today, I was sitting on the couch next to my wife, who was feeding our daughter, and she said, uh, don't kiss your son on the face I think he's coming down with a cold and I said well I wouldn't do that anyway so I'm fine plus I read an article that says moderate alcohol consumption will boost your immune system to which my wife said you're not a moderate drinker okay she's right so I'm probably still fucked um, the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism defines modern drink, moderate drinking as up to one drink a day for women and up to two drinks a day for men. For their purposes, a standard drink is 12 ounces of regular beer around 5% alcohol, 5 ounces of wine around 12% alcohol, or 1.5 ounces of distilled spirits about 40% alcohol. If you fit the above criteria, congratulations. By drinking moderately, scientists at Oregon Health and Science University say you are actually boosting your immune system. 
Researchers from OHSU published the study in the journal Vaccine. They trained 12 rhesus macaques to drink alcohol with a 4% ethanol content whenever they wanted. Now, personally, I think that's the greatest part of this article. Researchers were tasked with training a bunch of monkeys to drink whenever they wanted. (laughs) Fun, fun, fun. Science is awesome. Then, the researchers vaccinated all the macaques against smallpox. The group was divided in half, with half the monkeys being given a normal diet of food and water and access to the alcohol mixture. The other group had the same access to food and water as the first group, but was only given sugar water instead of the alcohol mixture. All the macaques were... <laughs> macaque. Yeah. Were mo- it took me long enough to pick up on that. Were monitored for 14 months with alcohol consumption recorded daily. Some of the macaques with access... <laughs> macaque. To alcohol drank heavily, while others only drank moderately. <laughs> so they're fucking alcoholic monkeys. Very similar to their human counterparts. Over time, heavy drinkers showed an average blood alcohol concentration of greater than 0.08%. The macaques that drank moderately averaged between 0.02 and 0.04%. Here's the interesting part before consuming alcohol. All the macaques reacted in similar ways to vaccination. After the differing levels of alcohol consumption, the... I gotta stop saying macaque because all I'm thinking about is my fucking penis. Um, And just mine, not anybody else's. Don't worry. Uh, The monkeys that drank alcohol in moderation showed enhanced immune responses to the vaccine. The heavy drinkers and sugar water drinkers did not fare as well regarding immune response. Um, The study, interestingly enough, was signed by the National Institutes of Health and the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism. What scientists don't yet know is exactly how moderate alcohol consumption boosts immune function. So they know that it does, but they don't know what about it actually does it uh, they finished the article uh, the lead author on the paper Ilhem uh, Mesaudi says if you've been a family if you have a family history of alcohol abuse or are at risk or have been an abuser in the past we're not recommending you go out and drink to improve your immune system but for the average person who has say a glass of wine with dinner it does seem in general to improve health and cardiovascular function and now we can add the immune system to that list so, maybe if I can downgrade myself to uh, to a moderate drinker, I'll be even healthier. To be fair, though, I mean, I rarely get sick anyway. Um, I may pick up a little cold here and there, but definitely don't get as sick as I used to. And I think uh, part of that is, you know, living a little bit healthier. You know, lost like 100 pounds, clocking in at well, like one, 148 pounds right now. 14% body fat. Fuck yeah. Um, and then the beer. So it's a combination of the two. Um, and that's that's with a couple, you know, germy little fucking kids around. Uh, yeah, don't only push your muscles to the limits, but also your liver. Fine advice from Roy Black on crack. And <laughs> yeah, little, yeah, little Matt. That's the uh, perfect reaction of my wife right there. Well, well done, sir. Okay, one more thing before uh, hit on the new uh, new releases and unveilings and reveals and whatever. What the fuck do I call it? I don't know. Uh, Draft Magazine had a rather nice pairing, food pairing, that I liked. Uh, 
something that I think is very accessible. I mean, I guess cheese could be accessible to a point. Cookies are accessible to a point. But I think this may be one of the most basic accessible pairings. It's beer and popcorn. Now, chances are, at some point in time, you've been gifted with one of those popcorn tins holding the usually like three different flavors of popcorn. I think it's like cheddar, buttered, and caramel. I always devour the caramel first. I leave the cheddar for someone else, and if nobody else eats it, then I'll eat it. Um, well, to up the flavor quotient, Draft Mag, they decided to create some basic pairings for those flavors of popcorn that are typically out there. Now, it's not just the cheddar, buttered, and caramel. They kind of went a little bit further. The first one they got is cheddar with a brown ale. Cheddar's, uh, cheddar popcorn's addiction factor sails when salty, cheesy tang melts right into a brown ale, soft, dark malt, and chocolate. You'll be caught orange-handed. <laughs> I guess you could probably mix Cheetos with it, too. Uh, maybe that's too cheesy. And As we all know, it is not easy being... Uh, what's the end part of that? Fuck, I don't remember. Um... Again, I'm not a big fan of the cheddar uh, popcorn. I will eat it on occasion. But also, I'm not as big a fan of a lot of brown ales. Um, very hit or miss on those with me. So that kind of combination is probably one I'm not going to go for. However, this next one I could definitely see. Buttered popcorn and a ESB, which if you uh, are not familiar with what an ESB is, what is that, uh, extra strong bitter? The extra, yeah, extra strong, but oh, also extra special bitter. I mean, depending. Um, but anyway, they continue to say if you could only sneak beer into a movie theater, an ESB's nutty, sweet toffee and biscuit flavors easily adopt salty, butter soaked popcorn. And yeah, ESB, if, if you've never had an ESB, try one out. Um, uh, Red Hook has a very, very solid one. In fact, I got turned on to that one by J5, which, um, again, show on right after mine, my time now. Um, <laughs> racist, what? It's a really shitty USB. Boo, little Matt. Boo, and I wish I had a, a boo, but uh, I, only, I, I only have this. Drawings. Drawings. Drawings! Which doesn't really apply right now, but whatever. Um, next one on here, salted and a Berliner Weisse. Longing for summer, a Berliner Weisse. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm enunciating too much now. Uh, refreshing lemony tartness and the popcorn salt are like a sunny day by the sea. Now me, <laughs> I've had that one for a while, little Matt. <laughs> if you want it, I'll send it to you. Hopefully Marianne doesn't <laughs> listen. Um, but uh, taking it one step further, I think a goza would work really well with salted popcorn. Salt plus salt and tart, why not? Um, oh, shit, Little Matt cut that. Okay, Sorry, dude. It's been a while. Okay, Little Matt, little Matt is the reason that I have this. Drawings. Drawings. Drawings! give him proper credit because my memory much like Sam Beckett's is Swiss cheese um, but yeah I, I think a goza would work well with the salted popcorn um, would it be too much salt perhaps I don't know 
uh, depends on the salt level of the Goza. But something like Anderson Valley's, I think, would work really, really well with it. Now I want to try that. Uh, next one they got, uh, caramel corn and a bock. Candy-like caramel corn finds a kindred caramel note in a multi-bock. And I could see that going with the uh, doppelbock that I have, in fact. The beer's smooth toasted bread and nuttiness take it from Cracker Jack to sophisticated snack. I'm almost done with my Christmas ale. So I think I will, in fact, be cracking open that fourth bottle tonight. Just wait for it. Ah, kettle corn on coffee stout. If you're a two sugars please coffee drinker, then kettle sweetness will feel right at home beside a stout with espresso and dark roasted notes. Now me, I think a good milk stout like left hands would pair nicely as well. Um, Keegan Ales, mother's milk, also fantastic with that. Uh, the lactose would interact with the kettle corn. And uh, kettle corn is probably my favorite variety of popcorn too. I actually have um, some microwave kettle corn. Yes, I know. Blasphemy, microwave popcorn, blah, blah, blah. Um, the only problem is the uh, microwave where I'm living right now is not particularly good for popcorn and uh, leaves about half the kernels unpopped. And I have to figure that out because I really love my microwave kettle corn. The 100 calorie bags are delicious. And then the last one on here, red pepper and oatmeal stout. Now, I am not really familiar with red pepper popcorn, but I'm assuming it's a thing. They say a creamy, chocolatey stout has dark, grainy notes, a dash of bitterness in the finish, adds south-of-the-border chili spice, and you've got a pear as rich as mole. Now, I'm tempted to try an oatmeal stout with some sriracha popcorn we've had hanging around the house over the holidays. I figure that's close enough to red pepper. You get the spiciness going there. So that that might be a uh, good mix. And I'd probably get like Sam Smith's oatmeal stout because that ugh, is pretty much the definitive oatmeal stout for me. Uh, I'm trying to think of what popcorn and IPA might pair up with best. Um, my initial thought was possibly the um, the red pepper. But I think I could say it with the salted as well. Um, either a tropical or a piney IPA, either one would have an interesting combination, particularly with the salted. I think the tropical might work better with the red pepper. Um, I don't know. It's very hard to say because IPAs are so diverse. Um, I don't think there would necessarily be one catch-all pairing for that but uh, I don't know uh, I'll have to try that at some point like for instance I know I've had IPAs with um, still got my brew salt right next to me and I've added the habanero brew salt to it and that goes real god damn I still have a lot of these I gotta I gotta start doing more stuff with these I gotta start cooking with these um but the habanero goes really, really, really well with an IPA. So the, the spice in an IPA, um, it 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 works. Um, I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to think whether the the more tropical or the more piney resiny one would be better with. But I, I could see it working with both. Um, eh, you know I got nine minutes left, so uh, let me crack open this last one. It is a cider. It is from one of my favorite cideries, 
Recorder leg out of Sweden. This is a limited one. It's a seasonal. It is their spiced apple hard cider blended with cinnamon and vanilla made from pure Swedish spring water. Much like the rest of Recorder League ciders, it is goddamn fantastic. I have no complaints. They they have never steered me wrong. Mm. And they're always very light ciders too. Um, Angry Orchard and Woodchuck tend to have more of a, a punch to them. Recorder leg is more mellow, more relaxing. I like it. Uh, but with that, with that seventh beer slash cider of Christmas, uh, yes, and Little Matt agrees, Recorder leg is love, Recorder leg is life. Yes. Probably uh, one of the finest, finest ciders out there. Um, although, although there is a cider that is going to end up on my uh, beers of the year list, but you'll find that out next week. New beer releases and reveals in the uh, last dying moments of the show here. Boulevard Brewing's 2015 lineup has been revealed in no particular order. They have uh, the Heavy Lifting IPA releasing in April. It's going to be a year-round release. The Calling IPA releasing in February. It's part of their Smokestack series that is also year-round. Spring Bell Saison, March through April, seasonal. Funky Pumpkin, September through October, seasonal. Snow and Tell. I don't know why, but I really like that name. Uh, November through December, seasonal. Imperial Stout X, Breed with Coffee, going to be in February. Um, Love Child, number five. It's an American Wild Ale out in May. And goddamn, I, I, I've seen Boulevard creeping into my area bit by bit, so I'm hoping that some Love Child will pop into my area. Uh, Imperial Stout X aged in rum barrels in June. Collaboration number five with a brewery that's still to be announced in July. Imperial Stout X, the style is still to be determined on that one. September, then another Imperial Stout X, uh, December. Love Child number six, again, American Wild Ale, December. So that that is that is pretty much their, their full year going on there. And then um, um, New Holland. They have four different Dragon's Milk releases planned in 2015. They have their Dragon's Milk Reserve with toasted chilies, which that sounds fantastic. Uh, And actually, these first two appeared for the first time this year. The toasted chilies and then Dragon's Milk Reserve with raspberries. These next two are completely new. Dragon's Milk Reserve with coffee and chocolate. That reminds me, I got a bottle of Dragon's Milk here for, um, for our good buddy Alan. Still, they're still sitting here, and it, it, hey, that that stuff ages well. Uh, Dragon's Milk Reserve with coffee and chocolate, which sounds delicious. Dragon's Milk Reserve triple mashed bourbon barrel stout also sounds delicious. So more info will be available as their release nears, but as usual, they're expected to be in twenty-two ounce bombas. One interesting thing I forgot to mention. About this recorder, like, it's the only one of theirs I've seen where they say you can serve it hot or cold. I'm tempted to pick up one more bottle before the end of the season to try and drink it hot and see how it is. Drinking this one cold, obviously, but liquor store of mine had a shitload of them, so probably pick up one more, have it hot, see how that goes. 
Nice hot boozy cider. Ah, uh, got one here from Sierra Nevada. Nooner Pilsner. This is one where I actually have an image for the chat, and I'll post this in there. It's joining Sierra Nevada's year-round lineup. Uh, from their press release, Nooner Pilsner packs a big flavor into an easy-drinking beer that's fit for friends and afternoon adventure. Nooner is our take on the classic German Pilsner filled with bright and zesty whole cone hop flavor with a crisp, dry finish. The perfect pick for wherever the day may take you. Now, Nooner has actually been released as another style by Sierra Nevada, the Nooner Session IPA. The Pilsner is going to be in 12-ounce cans and on draft, 5.2% ABV, and it's hitting shelves next month. Mm. Goddamn. Rick Order Leg is awesome. Um, there's another Stone Enjoy by Brett IPA that is going to be hitting shelves very soon. It actually makes me glad that I uh, got the one that I did. Because this one ain't hit my area. Uh, this is um, for the day after Christmas 2015. The previous release was Enjoy after 10.31.15. This is 7% ABV, 70 IBUs, limited release of 750 milliliter bottles, and it started last week. Distribution is Alaska, Arizona, California, Colorado, Idaho, New Mexico, Nevada, Oregon, Texas, and Washington. So obviously... I ain't seeing this one here. Makes me glad I have my 1031.15 that I will be opening in less than a year. It's going to be a while. But uh, I, I keep forgetting that I have it cellaring. So it will be a very pleasant surprise when I do finally crack it open. And then the final, final reveal of the week here uh, from Trogues Brewing, which... Trogues, the uh, brewer that uh, I highlighted in my last YouTube review for Mad Elf Ale. This is Trogues Nugget Nectar. Uh, it's coming to 16-ounce cans. It is a hoppy red ale. and yeah, I know that term, hoppy again. It, it's one of those things where I know people misuse the term literally to the point where it actually has come to be synonymous with the term figuratively. Hoppy is a term that's here to stay. Um, we know what it means when we say a hoppy ale. Um, just have to accept it at this point. But anyway, I digress. It's going to be releasing in 16-ounce cans for the first time this coming January. 7.5% ABV. This was one of the really, one of the first really hop-forward beers I had when attempting to overcome my fear of hops. I had it on tap at a local gastropub, and I probably didn't enjoy it as much as I would now but I still I still understood how the quality of it then so that's it for this week um I gotta thank you all for listening uh as always this is the penultimate show of the year we got one mo one more left end of the year show uh next week next week Facebook group pop in there uh tell me your beer of the year i i would appreciate that because it gives me more material for next week huh facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume the facebook page which is facebook.com slash mlr alcohol by volume which i've been pretty much using to uh post youtube videos but whatever you know my twitter 
at Edicius, E-D-I-C-I-U-S, at MLR underscore alcohol is the show Twitter. I am on Untapped, alcohol by volume, all one word. If you send me a friend request, I will undoubtedly approve it. Also, this is a little bit different. Check me out on the upcoming Christmas special of Two Fat Daleks, where I will be joining Corey and Doc from the Shy Kids, Rorschach from It's All About Me, and Sully from The Sully Show to pour over the Doctor Who Christmas special entitled Last Christmas. That will be coming up uh, sometime after this weekend. So keep an eye out for that. That will be a good, good time if you're a Doctor Who fan. And even if you're not, eh, listen anyway. It's fun. So coming up next, my time now with J5, followed by Dutch and Royce. Happy holidays. Happy Kwanzaa. Merry Christmas. Uh, Fine Saturnalia, Festivus, whatever. Stay safe, everyone. Have a good time. Don't uh, don't drink too, too much because you might punch out a family member, and that's bad, but eh. I'll see you guys next week. Happy holidays. <laughs>